Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Okay, good. I, um, I'm being stirred that we should um, take some time to focus around prayer and fasting, I think in the month of September. I think that we, we, we sense that things are beginning to ramp up a little bit. And uh, so I'm just giving you a month's warning that probably in September we're going to give it a go. Yeah? And we'll figure out exactly how you know, we're to do it this time. We don't always do it the same way each and every time. So, Lord, what are you saying now in this season? And we'll do it according to what we sense he's asking us to do. Yeah? And, um, and so we just want to you know, get a sense of, okay, how should we go about this? But I, I, I'm sensing that uh, there's, a, there's a, a call to just step up another level, another notch of prayer. Is this good? All right. So uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch with regards to that. Okay. One day, when my father came home, and I was standing in front of a raging fire, he wasn't happy because we didn't have a fireplace. Don't worry. When the fire falls, that's another story. Okay. Well, we're having a fun, fun time in the scriptures. And uh, the Lord's been drawing our attention over these last weeks with regards to what Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and how we come into alignment and agreement with what God is doing. And we, we took time to dig into the, the deeper understanding of the, the ascension. And without the ascension, it's really, um, well, we would have missed out on so much impactful truth that affects our lives now. With the ascension, It made it possible for us to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh my goodness, if there was no ascension, then we wouldn't be able to experience that. This is amazing. Yeah? So when we we stop and we think about the ascension, it's not just remembering something historical way back then, but it's a living, vibrant truth that impacts our lives today. And not only that, it paved the way for the outpouring of the Spirit. Oh my goodness. Because when he sat down at the right hand of the Father, he received the promise, the gift of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, which he poured out. This is Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, which is extraordinary because they already were there celebrating the feast of Pentecost. So there were people from all over the known world were gathered to experience, boom, something of what God wanted us to walk in and to live in. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was much more than we would just have an amazing experience with goosebumps or, or sense you know, the nearness, whatever it is in terms of the manifestations of the Spirit. Much more than even being able to speak in tongues. As good and powerful and glorious as all of these things are, the Holy Spirit was poured out for so much more. And that's actually sort of the little bit of a journey that we've been on for the last few weeks. The amazing thing is that God prophesied, he said, I will put a new spirit within you. Remember that? We looked at that in Ezekiel. He said, I will take out your heart of stone and I will put in a heart of flesh and I will move you to follow my ways. This is like, oh my goodness, talking to Ezekiel in the old covenant about a new testament, new covenant experience 
And he's using language we now look back and understand. Okay, this is what it means. But imagine this poor guy trying to prophesy this, not having a clue what he was actually saying. It's like, heart of stone out. He didn't even know Chris Barnard. This is like, what? How, how, how's this, how does this work? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, but it was, the, it was in the heart of God. This is part of that whole restoration thing from what was lost in the Garden of Eden. Because it wasn't just a like, happy hour. You know, God comes down at the end of the day, take a drinks break, sun going to set, chill, let's, you know, let's review the day. Adam and Eve walking with God, happy hour, end of the day. That was in the garden. We get Holy Spirit all day, every day. Yeah? Significant shift and change in this new covenant environment. Yeah? Now, when, when we examine that the roots of the outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost was during the Feast of Pentecost, and that the Feast of Pentecost was to remember when God came down and He gave the law. He said, hey guys, I really, really, really want to hang out with you. And in order for us to do this, you need to live in a particular way. And so he gave them the 10 words. He said, here we go. We'll be, we'll be good with the 10 commandments. That was on, we remember that through the feast of Pentecost. But he prophesied through Ezekiel, listen, I'm not just going to give you an external law. I'm actually going to write on the inside. And then... As I put a new spirit within you, I'm going to move you to live a life that pleases me. Hmm? Okay, so we've been setting ourselves up for today. Are you excited? Come on, I'm so excited. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Okay, so the mind wants to do stuff. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit. Galatians talks about being in step with the Spirit. But living in accordance with the Spirit. In other words, there's, we're, there's a congruity. All right? We're, we're actually being led being governed by the Spirit. So those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Yeah? I mean, you know, you're in a dishwasher, you put the settings in, and the dishwasher will do what you've put there for the settings. Now we need to put the settings of the Spirit in our mind so that we get Spirit results. Okay, so get it set on what the Spirit desires. The mind, verse 6, governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So the old covenant and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, the first Pentecost, was external rules. It was an external government. But the outpouring of the Spirit be within you, and now we have the rule, the government of God being established, not externally, but now internally. Mm -hmm. So we want to be governed by the Spirit because we want life and peace. Peace with God, peace with man, peace on the earth. Peace, brother. Yeah? And it's by the Spirit that we can do these things. See, here's the contrast right throughout the book of Romans. The context is human effort and law. Works, sweat, self-help. 
contrasted with righteousness in Christ, grace, the Spirit, and under His rule, not rules. And it's fundamentally different. Yeah? You see, line upon line, doing it in your own strength and effort is Tower of Babel. I will get up to heaven through your own effort. God confused their language. Division came. They got scattered. Holy Spirit comes. Languages in the spirit realm, but it unites. This was human effort. This is now by the Spirit. This just profound contrast. What God is is revealing. All right. Now. The whole deal of charismatic people. And we're kind of in that sort of vicinity, meaning from the Greek word charismata, the outpouring of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So charismatics believe that Holy Spirit is alive and well on planet Earth and that He's welcome in His church and that the Spirit of God and the Son of God and God the Father are in unity and harmony and working together. And that we need God, the Holy Spirit, in order to live a life that pleases God. So God, the Holy Spirit, is God and He's okay. So that's what the charismatics kind of believe. So that would be us. That would be us. Right? And, and, and because we, we're open to the Spirit, not only just open, we're actively yielding ourselves to the Spirit of God. We want our lives to be shaped and formed and defined by our relationship with Holy Spirit. In fact, God Himself wants us to do that. And we actually are being called to get into shape. This is a good time. Yeah, spring's just around the corner. It's time to get in shape. Actually, with God, it's always springtime with Him. It's always time for us to get into shape with Him. All right, what do I mean by get into shape? I'm glad you asked. Would you turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2? Therefore, I urge you. Okay, so this is pretty intense stuff. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... See, it's his mercy, not your works, not your effort, in view of his mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Offer yourself. So there's this, this yielding to God and yielding to his plans and purposes, yielding to his ways. So you're offering yourself as a sacrifice, you yield to him. Right? And it's holy and it's pleasing. It's in order that we can live a life that pleases him. Hmm? You see, the old covenant, the law, was, hey, do these things and it will go well with you. I'll be pleased with you. Rules and regulations, external. Actually, it didn't work. It couldn't work. All the law did was actually show up to show us our transgressions. So we would know where we fell short. All right? So the law was powerless to save. But he, through the Son reached out and saved us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Couldn't please him, but by the Spirit, now we call to live a life that pleases him. So the objective is, 
to please him. This is, this is a completely different way of living. Don't interrupt yourself because we're trying to get somewhere. But you see, so many people think, come to God so that you can have a happy life. That's not the objective. The objective is, you know what? I was on the wrong side of the cross. I was a rebel and I needed saving. I was under condemnation because of what I, who I was and what I was doing. But when I come to Jesus because of what he's done on the cross, and now I'm living on the correct side of the cross, he sees me and I'm under his covering, his sacrifice, his purity, his perfection, his righteousness becomes mine. So when Father looks at me, it's kind of like, oh wow, look at that. You're wearing the garment of the Son, which is made with his own precious blood. And so he looks at us, he says, hey, you're righteous. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done. It's given, imputed to us. This is extraordinary. And the moment we surrender, remember that sacrifice thing? The moment we surrender and we say, not my will, but yours. The moment we say, hey, I'm actually going to do it your way. We're basically saying, I do. It's that surrender to him. It's in order that we might please him. Why? Because we belong to him. Hmm? It's not about, you know what, hey, Jesus, can you come and just make my life a bit more comfortable? That, like, I'm doing God a favor by getting saved. It's like, he needs me. <laughs> Nonsense. No, 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 no. In his grace and his mercy and his love, he reached out to us to save us, rescue us, and redeem us because we were destined to the pit of hell. Now that he's rescued us, God, oh my goodness, out of love, worship, and adoration, how can I live a life that pleases him? And the Holy Spirit's going to help us live this life that pleases him. Okay? One of the things we're going to get, see in a moment is this thing that we look more like him as the more of his life flows in us, we're actually are shaped and molded. Come on, let's get there quickly. Romans 12, now let's move to verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're going to be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. All right, and we looked at this briefly last time. This thing of being conformed, of being squeezed and being pressed into a mold like clay. All right, and this world, this world system, this world's way of thinking and operating is trying to force us to behave and to live in a particular way. Yeah, and if, they, if we don't do what they want us to do, then we get canceled. Right? Or we get ignored. Or we get ostracized. Or we get persecuted. Right? The world doesn't like it when we stick out like... It's, it's not a sore thumb. I'm not sure what... what, what. But we're like a like a light, like a city on a hill. We stand out. And people scurry back for the darkness because the light exposes their stuff. And they don't like it. Yeah? So then actually, I mean, they kind of like, this whole thing of tolerate has moved and shifted over the last 15, 20 years. It's remarkable. The definition of the, it's amazing how we are changing the definition of words. trying to think of a punny way to talk about the recession that is no longer a recession because we just redefined the word recession on Wikipedia so that we can pretend we're not in recession. Change the definition of words. Yeah, anyway. 
tolerate. Tolerate used to be like, hey, if you live like that, like that's not God's way of living, but I'm not going to force you by law to live like that. I will allow you to make your own choice. I don't like that you're doing it. I don't agree with it. I would try to persuade you not to live in a godless way, but I will tolerate you. I will give you some space to find out the consequences of your own choices. That's what the word tolerate used to mean. Like, hey, it's okay, I'll give you space. Now the word has shifted. Tolerate is not just, hey, I'm gonna do what is wicked not just that I'm going to do it, but now I need for you to say that this is okay. Then we shift it further. Now I need for you to say, not only is this not bad, I need for you to say this is actually good. So now we call what is evil good and what is good evil. Only then... Oh, and that you must actually celebrate me. Then we can call it tolerate. So when the world says Christians don't tolerate us, what they mean is you are not willing to partner with us in calling evil good. You're jolly right. We're intolerant of that because they've changed the definition of the word tolerate. Okay, let's see if we can pull back to verse 2. Conform, transform, renewing, and the mind. So do not conform to the pattern. So don't allow the world's way of doing things to squeeze you into its ways and patterns of behavior. Right? Remember, we were made in his image. Remember that garden thing we were talking about? Adam, Eve, made in the image of God. Then sin comes in and sin damages. It scars and it mars. It distorts. It corrupts. And so the image of God has got all twisted. And the world, with its ways, is trying to squeeze us because the God of this age is working actively to try and pervert everything that God called good, he's trying to disrupt and pervert. And so as Christians, Paul's writing to Christians, and he says, listen, don't allow the world, the ways, the system to squeeze you into its mold because we need to be squeezed into God's mold. The image that was distorted now by the power and work of the Spirit needs to be remolded. Yay! God is working. This is powerful. You see, because the moment when I surrendered and said yes to Jesus, righteousness, immediately I'm in right standing with God. He says, You're right, you're righteous. Because my junk, my sin, wickedness went on Jesus on the cross and his perfection, his righteousness was given to me as a free gift. This amazing exchange. My, my position immediately, you're good, perfect. But my condition needs work. Hmm? I was saved. I am saved and I am being saved and I will be saved. This process of God working by the Spirit to restore the image of God in the sons and daughters so that we look like our Abba. You have your father's eyes. 
Oh, you see things the way he sees. You have your father's eyes. You have your father's ears. You can hear what he's saying. You've got your father's walk. Ah. Why? Because the image of God is being restored. As the Spirit is working. How's this? The same word for conform, you'll find it in Romans chapter 8, which is just a couple of chapters, four chapters in Romans. Romans 8, 28. You know this one, right? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know that verse? Of course you do. You've got it in your fridge. <laughs> then the next verse goes on. For, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God has been actively working to conform us to the image of God. So don't be conformed to the world now, but be conformed to the image of God. All right? So how's this going to happen? As you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform. From metamorphu, meta means to change after being with, morphu, changing form in keeping with inner reality. This is extraordinary. Yeah? Really powerful guy wrote this thing. His name was Strong. Strong's Concordance. You'll find all this. Okay. So what he's saying is, like, inside the caterpillar, there's an inner reality of a butterfly. And the process of metamorphosis, metamorphu, same word, that transformation, you're changing from a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's why Christians with worm thinking, they need to undergo the transformation to have butterfly thinking. I'm a nobody, I'm a useless, I'm just a worm. No, you're not. You're a saint, victorious one. You need to transform the thinking to catch up with who you are. Mm-hmm. Metamorphosis. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being what? Transformed into what? His image. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Look at it. We're being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the? What is the Spirit of God doing? He is working powerfully to conform us and transform us into the image of God and as the action of the Spirit in our lives as God is working. Yay! Come on, this is amazing. And it goes from glory to glory. Rough translation, it gets betterer and betterer. Yeah? Okay. So be transformed by the renewing. All right? Anakinosis. Ana means to complete a process. To, you know, it's, it's up. It's done. It's completed. And kino means to make fresh, to make new. It's, it's a renewal that takes place. So there's a renewing of the mind. It's new. It's new in quality. And it's a process that is at work. I was saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. There's this journey, there's this process that's busy taking place. All right? How's this? Have a look in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. I'm making you work a little bit, but that's okay. It says, uh, I'm just picking up from verse 4. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, verse 5, not because of righteous things we had done, Okay, remember, it's not our righteousness, it's his. But because of his mercy, 
He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Spirit. So there's this process of renewing and it's by the Spirit. Come on. We're, we're shifting and changing more and more into the image of Jesus as we allow the Spirit to move in our hearts and our minds and to shape us, get us into shape. Okay, now, how does this interact? One of the ways it interacts, and Paul gives us this clue here, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, there's something that goes on in the mind that needs to be changed. You see, the, the, the pathways in the brain are, uh, it's a bit like when you walk across the felt. And it's like just overgrown. And you pick your way through and very little trace when you've been through once. How about this? A better example, maybe. When guys come and do some renovations at your house, and there's a pile of sand and bricks down there at the driveway, and then they take their wheelbarrow over the lawn <laughs> to get to you know, where you're doing the construction. And the first time it goes over, a little bit you can see that a wheelbarrow went, but not too much. The second time, you can, you know, I think that, the, yeah, I think the wheelbarrow went this way. Listen, by the end of multiple trips, you know exactly where the wheelbarrow has gone. Why? Because it's formed a path. Same thing with the felt. If people like need to get from, you know, this place to that place, shortcut through the felt, whatever it might be, and at first can't really distinguish, but when it's been used again and again, it becomes a well-worn path. And that well-worn path becomes a rut. And we talk about being stuck in a rut. <laughs> and that's what happens with the brain. I want to encourage you to go and look up stuff by an amazing um, lady, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, we had the privilege of hosting her here um, some years back. And just phenomenal insights in terms of the brain and as a believer yielding to the spirit and all these, these, these things. Just absolutely phenomenal. But the thing is that there are paths in the brain and if you've learned a bad path, like you're going to the Shabin in Saxonwald, you've got a bad path going and you need to establish a new route, a new path. Okay? Let me see if I can tie in a few things here. I'm going to come back to this brain thing in a moment. Do you remember we looked at the, the fact that the Hebrew way of looking at life and the Greek way of looking at life are different? The Hebrew thing puts it all together. We're all interconnected, which is a greater reality than the Greek way. The Greek way is to dissect it all. We compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. So if you've... Yeah, I haven't got time. All right. So we dissect things a bit. And for the sake of understanding now, I'm going to grow with the Greek way of thinking. And then we're going to put it all together. So first we deconstruct and then let's construct and put it all together. Because these things are all interconnected. Okay? All right. So it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to create new pathways so we're not going in bad, wrong directions. And instead of the law being an external set of rules trying to control my conduct and behavior, I now rely on the Spirit to teach me. Heart of stone out, heart of flesh in, I will write on your heart and your mind. So how does he do that? How does he inscribe, how does he make that impression? Because the old printing press would make an impression on the paper to communicate. 
How does the Spirit right make an impression? So the Spirit impresses on us to do certain things. You see, left to my own devices, I could choose to be led by something else than the Spirit. You see, I could wake up and I just feel out of sorts. You know, I just feel bad. I just feel like I got out of the wrong side of bed. I just, I just feel hopeless. I just feel, I, I feel like doing whatever. Yeah? And, and a lot of Christians, unfortunately, are led by their feelings. Yeah? They think it's the spirit and they say, you know, I felt lead. It's lead poisoning, actually. <laughs> they were led by their emotions. Yeah? If you feel up, you go and do it. If you don't feel, you just don't. Yeah? There was a farmer we used to know, and he was quite a lazy chap. He said, you know, every now and then I get the urge to go out and work. And then what I do is I just sit in my chair until the feeling passes. <laughs> Needless to say, he was not a good farmer, and he was a hefty oak. Yeah. His feelings were leading him and caused him to live in a particular way. And so if you feel like or you don't feel like I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like praising the Lord. So I just I just, I just feel in a bad mood. I just, I just I just don't feel like I just feel like praying. I just, I just don't feel like it. Then your feelings are leading you. You're not being led by the spirit, you're being led by your feelings. Yeah. See the Hebrew understanding now will kick in because you see the things interact with your body. Because sometimes when you're feeling down You see, you just have the urge for a little pick-me-up, a crutch. See, this is the body. The body has certain urges. I need sugar. I need energy. I need all kinds of things. But when the body leads you, it's like cravings. can't stop myself and the body's urges lead you astray yeah but you don't understand I have got a sexual appetite I need I need energy cake cake more cake or whatever it is It's like, I need a, I need a pick me up. It's the body that causes people to behave and do seriously strange things. Because the body is leading. Hmm? Well, I don't think that God would do that. Oh no, oh no, did you see? It's the end of the world. There's a war and there's petrol price and there's inflation and, and, and uh, God's losing, the devil's winning. And your mind takes you in a very different direction instead of what the Spirit says. And your 
understanding. Or your view of God trumps what God says about God. Well, I, would, I mean, if there was a God of love, there would be no trouble in the world. It's like, I don't think that he's not fair. And you now put yourself above God to judge what's going on. And you don't have all the facts. And so your mind, it could be, it, it could be just rational things. Like, well, you know, unless I can measure it, rational, then it can't exist and it can't be. So my mind becomes dominant instead of allowing the spirit to lead and be dominant. Or I, I, I have particular mind, you know, paths. And I'm allowing the my mind to dominate instead of allowing the mind of Christ to lead me. Now, as these things, the Hebrew way, let's put it back together now, these things pull together is like, <laughs> I'm so down. Nobody loves me. They rejected me at work. I didn't get the raise. They didn't see all the extra work that I did. I worked overtime. I didn't get paid for it. I came home and I was working for my kids. And they don't listen to me anymore. They got the ear pods in and like nobody. And my wife is just not interested in me. God won't mind. He understands. So I'm just going to go and find some comfort. I'm going to look at some naked people. And then they get trapped in pornography or whatever it is. These things working together. And, and I, I didn't get here on the first day. <laughs> this is learned pathways in the brain. You see, seldom do people go from first base all the way to home base on the first outing. They creep from base to base. Baseball analogy. Don't know if it works in this country. And so we learn these paths, and the brain remembers these paths. And because I know, like, taxi cut me off, somebody swore at me, gave me the Hawaiian good luck signal. Got to work late because of load shedding. I wasn't able to finish my thing for my boss and everybody's and I need to affirm myself and so I go and get the chocolate cake or the pornography or the drugs or the whatever it might be. We, we act out in different ways. You know, for some people it's retail therapy. Some people it's isolation, some people it's just whatever it might be. We've all got different coping mechanisms. But we've learned that actually, boom, there's going to be some kind of release of endorphins, pleasure, happiness, if I do this thing. And I'm finding my joy in something other than the Lord. And it's been a lifelong learning that this is the way that the pathway goes. Now, because I can see the path, it's so clear, boom, this thing happens. I don't need all the other triggers, I just need one trigger. Taxi, boom, I'm straight into my problem. Because it's a learned pathway. I don't need all these other steps in between, straight there. Where's the fridge? They looked at me sideways, fridge. Whatever it may be. You, you understand? Okay. But the Bible says, <laughs> be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow the Spirit to lead you, to shape you, to mold you. 
because he's going to be a light. He's even going to be like a lamp. He's the living word. A lamp for my path. It's kind of like, I haven't gone this way before. That was a known path, but I, I now know because of the transformation. I'm not conforming to the ways the world does it, where it finds pleasure. I'm now being shaped and molded because I'm going to become more like the image of God. And the Spirit is going to help me, enable me, and empower me, and shine light on my path. It's kind of like, it's almost as though there was a voice from behind saying, this is the way, walk in it. It's almost like that path leads to darkness, but this path leads to light. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, come into the light. This is the way that will please God. Not because I'm under law or somebody's beating me or, I have an obligation. It's an obligation to live in freedom. Galatians says, hey guys, now that you've been set free, don't mess up by using your freedom in the wrong way, like trying to get into self-help, inspirational, you know, 10 steps to this and whatever it is. That's the way of this world, the systems of this world. But let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. Taxi driver cuts me off. Ah! In that moment, there's a gentle impression, spirit to spirit. Uh -uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Because in my Noah, in the inside, you just know that's wrong. Yeah. Why? You see, let the peace of God rule, govern your heart. How? Well, he's the Prince of Peace and the Spirit is shining a light. He's going to lead us into all truth. Remember Jesus said he would do that. Also Jesus said he's the parakletos. He's the one who comes alongside. He is the helper. He helps us in our times of weakness. He's the one who's urging us and strengthening us and he's speaking to us. And because he's inside of us, on the inside, this gentle impression, like when you take a nap this afternoon, Sunday afternoon nap, on the cushion, you know, on the couch, and there's little bobbles and whatever on the cushion, it makes all these marks, you know, the dribbles coming down, and you, you know, your face has got this kind of like, everyone can see you've taken a nap. Mm? Your hair's in a different style. It's, the cushion made an impression on you. It wasn't hard, it wasn't difficult, it wasn't hurtful. In fact, if you didn't look for it, you'd miss it. gentle impression the peace just like peace leaves taxi cut in front ah! peace leaves it's may the peace of God rule it's like an umpire he makes the call ball is in ball is out the peace is like that umpire peace goes oh, that's not God Peace returns, oh, this is God. It's like, it's not complicated. It's like, ah, peace goes, whoopsie, sorry God, I forgive, bless him. You know what? This taxi driver, Lord, would you bless him? He's getting South Africa back to work. Help him, no fines, help him to obey the laws of the, 
the road. Help him, Jesus. Jesus, help him. But instead of now cursing the guy, I've turned completely around because the spirit is kind of like peace left. Oopsie, how do I get the peace back? Turn back again. Instead of thinking the way the world thinks, repent, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Kind of like God loves that taxi driver. And in your mind, kind of like I don't know how he could possibly do that. This doesn't seem fair, all the rest of it. You just kind of like, hey, not my will, but yours be done. God, you are God, I'm not God. Okay, I submit. May the peace of God which transcends goes above your human understanding. I don't understand this thing. Hey, we want to transcend my, I've got limited thinking, limited understanding. The peace of God is gonna transcend that. I don't understand, but okay, I forgive. <sighs> peace. Oh, this journey to work isn't so bad after all. In fact, I didn't feel like worshiping the Lord, but I'm actually gonna put some worship music on and I'm gonna worship the Lord as I'm driving to work. And my drive becomes an offering. My drive becomes an offering, a devotion, a sacrifice of praise. And the amazing thing is, from the inside, that same passage in Galatians 5, it says, now listen, this freedom, keep in step with the spirit. The voice from behind, go left, go right. As I'm in step with the spirit, what happens is that I'm able to say no to those paths that were taking me in the wrong direction. And I'm able now to become more like God. And the interesting thing is that the nature of God begins to show itself. So Galatians says, you see it in fruit. So now the fruit of the Spirit, the visible, discernible nature of God is now seen. And it looks like love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and perseverance and self-control. Against these things, there's no law. You don't need a law for this thing. Why? Because it's the Spirit himself writing on the inside. So therefore, keep in step with the Spirit. Because when you keep in step with the Spirit, those other paths, you're not going to take them. Now, because instead of cursing the taxi driver, I'm now blessing the taxi The next taxi driver, I'm so in love. It's like, hee. God bless you, and I begin to prophesy his destiny. And I'm so filled with the fruit, the joy, my body. Because I have the Holy Spirit, I begin to feel like loving. And I begin to think the way God thinks about the taxi driver. And my body responds with joy and I smile. And I smile and I wave. And when I get into the office, everyone is like, you're different. Yeah, because you know, the old you, Without the spirit, the old you. Oh my goodness. Chips everyone, chips, here he comes. Here he comes, chips everybody. You walk into the office and your stinking attitude went through the atmosphere and changed things negatively. And they say, <laughs> calls himself a Christian. You see how rude he is. He's so moody. You just never know who's coming to work today. Guys, that should not be. No, we, we're not carrying all this stuff. That's, that's been crucified. That's dead. We don't listen to that, 
that old thing, those are phantom instructions. It's kind of like, Lord, you're the light of my life. You lead me and guide me today. Gentle, soft impression. Still small voice. It was Elijah. He'd just done the most extraordinary miracles for God. And he runs away, he's in a cave. There's wind that splits rocks. There's an earthquake. Fire falls. I mean, like all that stuff that got Moses in the gang, right? It's like, whisper. He says, oh my God, God's here. You can whisper. God's whispering. It's like, hey, I love you. Okay, now let's live a life that pleases the Father. No, 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 not that way, this way. Spirit, you're so welcome. We love you. We thank you. Thank you we were not left as orphans. We weren't just left with a set of instructions. You came to give us life. And in the Spirit, there's life and there's peace, there's joy, there's hope, there's goodness, there's all this fruit. Oh, you change us and shape us. Oh, Holy Spirit, cause us to be these supernatural spirit people, people of the spirit. We're not restricted to just living according to the patterns and the ways of this world. But you call us higher to live to a much higher standard, being seated with Christ in heavenly places, having the mind of Christ, having the heart of Christ, being his body, being his expression here on earth, that we become part of heaven on earth, the kingdom being manifest. Holy Spirit, help us to yield day by day in increasing measure cause us to be attuned to you to be so filled to be carried along by the spirit that in that process we are shaped and molded that whatever we do we do as unto the Lord every day and in every way, a life that brings you honor and glory. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You're so welcome. Have your way. Have your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Maybe just put your hand on the shoulder of somebody near you and just begin to pray. Pray for an increased sensitivity to the Spirit. Just come, let's pray.
now, put your hand on your own heart. And just begin to pray your own prayers now. Spirit. You're so good. Faithful. Thank you that you lead us in truth. Thank you for increasing light. Thank you for life. We say thank you. Does that feel good? Yes. Wasn't extraordinary, eh? He's just so good. So, so good. Come on, let's just give him praise. Thank you.